Good evening, my friends. This is Dr. Drill in the Making Motivation Podcast. It is the 14th of September, 2020. Been a pretty good day and a decent weekend we're coming off of. Haven't uh, cut a podcast yet this week, so Monday night, here goes. I had a pretty good weekend. Chilled the fuck out. Had a nice meal with my family. Went to our Mexican, uh, favorite Mexican joint, Plaza Azteca. It was very, very busy. I was extremely happy for them. The food was good. Service was terrible. I think they were just overwhelmed with, um, you know, with diners. People trying to get out and, and get a nice meal in. I, I really wonder. I wonder about, uh, you know, what these restaurants are going to do when they no longer have the outdoor dining in about a month that's going to be kaput, you know, it's going to be so cold, you're going to have to put heaters out and move people indoors, and people are scared to do that, man, I think we would be reluctant, so, they got a nice tent outside of Plaza Azteca, great food and usually awesome service, I think they were just overwhelmed, so my daughter, they fucked up her order, and she went 20 minutes before they they got the uh, the actual order out there, and I think we still tipped the woman. Just felt bad for her. you know, it wasn't her fault at the kitchen or whatever. Maybe it was her fault. I don't know. But these days, you hate to hold anything against anybody. You got to be sensitive to folks. Got to got to feel people's pain. Try to understand their situations as best as you possibly can. You know my. My life and my world consists of that. Maybe like yours. Getting through life, you're trying to get in, trying to come home with the win yourself, trying to accomplish your mission, uh, do your work, make some money, <clears throat> complete the tasks. But you don't necessarily want to do that at anyone else's expense. A lot of people out there are suffering, trying to, trying to make their way in the world, having a hard time. And uh, we need to help them. We need to help everybody. You know, that would be my recommendation for anyone who's having a bad day or who's struggling in their own way. Find somebody else to help. You know, There's plenty of people around <clears throat> that need help, that would gladly accept. So I'm fortunate to be in that line of work. And sometimes unfortunate just because I become overwhelmed myself. But it's good work, man. If you can get it, take care of yourself, take care of other people, kind of solve your own problems by doing that. So I'm definitely fortunate to be in that, uh, you know, to have that situation. I had one of my students contact me today and say, oh, thank you. I gave her a good grade. I thought she did fine work. I gave her, uh, hundred on an essay. She said, oh, thank you so much. I've been having a rough time. It's been a rough week. She's doing a doctorate program. Has two other classes on top of mine. They're very difficult. A lot of work to get through on top of being a clinician or whatever she does during the day. Maybe she's got a family. And Anyway, she said she's been having some health problems and it's been really tough to stay motivated, so it's good to hear that she's doing a good job. That's all the friggin', you know... That's all that it really takes to, to get most people going. It's just to have a victory. 
a victory maybe after a what you would perceive as a long line of just endless defeats that she would have a victory, something to hang her hat on and be like, all right, that gives me the energy to keep going. Well, she did, she earned the score, but I'm almost happy to give her a score she didn't even deserve just so that she could feel like she can do something, that she can fight back. You know, sometimes all we need is just one success so that the dominoes stop falling in favor of failure and give us incentive to keep going. So let me know if somebody cares. Let me know if somebody is willing to help. Give me an attaboy, an girl, whatever. So my day is full of situations like that. People with myriad different situations, myriad different realities, and everybody's just doing their best. And they come in, and they, I make them feel good physically and mentally if I can. Today I saw a woman who, it's been a very long time since I saw her, and I played the ukulele like I do from time to time, and she was just beside her. She was like, oh my, oh my, and she was just laughing. Like She thought after each note that it had come to a, you know, my serenade was going to come to a close, but I kept going, do my little Bob Marley uh, three little birds or whatever, three birds. one of the only like 25 songs that I know, 20, 20 or 25 riffs, anyway, so I played it for her, she was happy, she was smiling, she left feeling good, she left feeling good about the world perhaps and her experience with me, awesome, you know, another positive, uh, my son, we had a, we had a great uh, football game over the weekend, Saturday night, under the lights, he had a really good game, he was doing some punt returns, he got the shit knocked out of him on one punt return. Should have called for a fair catch. They lost the game, you know, but he had some good plays and feels like being he's on the second string, so he's on the B team. And there were some little boys in there that were running the clock while I was doing the announcing from the tower. It's two-story structure. It's all freaking ghettoed out. Windows are broken, falling out. It was the PA system, the... the stereo system that they use to, you know, to address the crowd and play the national anthem and so on and so forth. It's all freaking broken down and it's apparent that the whole, everything's in disrepair and dis, disorganized because we don't know if we're even going to have a, a, you know, a, a season, right? So we're kind of cobbling together some, some kind of structure to the whole deal and Anyway, I was in there, and these two kids were fucking around. They're probably 14-year-olds. It reminded me of me when I was their age. Maybe I don't think I was that much of an asshole, actually. The kids were like, hey, look at this guy. He's no good. That guy, I, I play him all the time, uh, you know, in, at school, and he sucks. He's no good. He can't do anything. And, you know, uh, just, like, talking like young boys that were starting to developed the body of a man and had their first squirts of testosterone and um, were just boastful and brazen and obnoxious and critical and 
of the home team and the away team. And I was thinking, oh my God, I hope my son is not this much of a jerk off. But I remember when I was a little boy and the way we talked and the way we thought. And it, much of it is programming. It's like the Lord of the Flies. You know? It's really just like that. The, what would compel a young man or boy to behave a certain way? Hormones, nerves and hormones development. Anyway, they were like, oh yeah, look at Sam. Sam's out there and they're talking shit about everybody. I was thinking maybe they're going to talk about my son. I'm right next to this kid. So I didn't know if I should respond or not. But the kid said, ooh, Sam's a beast. Sam's really good. You know, I don't know why he's on the B squad. And I thought, well, that was a nice thing to hear. These ultra critical kids that my son is thought, you know, that he's good enough in their eyes. Judgment by your peers is always a powerful thing and also a horrible, abrasive thing sometimes. Not that I trust these kids' judgment too much, but anyway, give me a little bit of a window into what it was like to be an adolescent. So I'm happy my son's on the B squad because he's able to get out there and exercise his leadership abilities and and, and he's, he doesn't have the same old players that you know are, are picked first for every task and put out there as the first string. Now he's a not, he's like he's among this squad he's a good player. He's a you know he's playing almost every down offense and defense. So I'm glad he's got an opportunity to contribute. He's got more of an opportunity to contribute on this squad. So that's cool. We watched a couple good movies. We slept in on the weekends. Nice, cool evenings. I went on Saturday afternoon. I went on a, a mushroom hunting trip with my friend Cap. This guy, he's like a naturalist. He's unbelievable with his knowledge of the outdoors. And so we hiked around with Momi, the chocolate lab, for about three hours. We collected a bunch of chanterelle mushrooms and uh, just went out there and breathed in the good air sat in the forest and threw the stick to Momi a few dozen times she slept well came back all soaking wet and tired, fulfilled you know so that was nice I, I make a lot of excuses of what, for why I can't go out and, and take a hike with a friend I do that a lot some of them are real and some of the excuses are imagined it's like I can't you know, I gotta spackle tomorrow or I gotta mow the lawn well I can't see myself squeezing this in and I know if I go out I'll be out for two or three hours and my wife said that we wanted to do this we got a family party to go in the afternoon and some of the times it's just I want to sleep in I just want to be with my family I don't think that's too much to ask but I went out and I sat out there in nature for a moment well, Cap was out there looking. Uh, El Capitan was out there hunting mushrooms, and he found a nice patch. Text messaged me. I found orange gold. That meant chanterelles. Hit the mother load. We collected a bag full of them, brought them home. He shared them with me, shared some good conversation. It did something that, you know, we had, we, we, we always strive to do, and we always need to. We, we said, oh, let's go out. Let's go on a hike. And where do you want to go? And how long we got? And 
trying to jive it with the rest of our schedule. And we succeeded. We got it done. Sunday, took it easy, caught up, prepared for the week, mowed the lawn, got some shit done around the house, and then here I am, right into right into Monday, and a full full day of patience, took care of a bunch of people, put some fire under the asses of the masses, and and helped to fix people up. Saw a friend that was a boot camper from a dozen years ago, a tremendous human being. I call Papa Zulu. I was supposed to see her daughter, Lima Zulu, but uh, she had other things going on, so her mom sat in for, not the first time she did that. Very unique people. You know, one of my favorite things about people is that they are disparate. Each is really like a, I don't know, like a shard of sea glass or like a, like a cloud. They're just different. People are they're the same in a lot of ways, but they're different. They got these little quirks in their experiences and their manner and their history with me. And to see them again years down the road, months down the road, when their lives have changed and their children have grown, um, that, that, that you can always come back to Dr. O's office and reminisce and catch up on old times. This woman was there for like an hour and a half talking between myself and, and Emily. And I got my full staff back, so Emily and Angie, and they're wonderful. I'm freaking blessed to have them in my life and, and representing Healthy Balance. We're doing good work. Talked to a friend this weekend that's been having a tough time. A lot of things, you know. Like we all do, you know, we're visiting and revisiting the, our successes and our failures in life, and we're all, all our own worst critic, you know? And, you know, having a tough time, I, I said to this friend, well, what would you, uh, you know, there's a lot that's going on, and, and I try to offer my two cents and encouragement, a little tough love, and there's a friend that had said, uh, when I was having a tough time, he said to me, well, what would Oberst do? That's what I would ask myself when I'm having a bad day. I say, what would Oberst do? As if I'm some kind of, you know, like I've got all the answers or, or I'm, uh, I would know what to do. And sometimes maybe that's the case. I mean, I've, I've, I've got a little bit of wisdom to offer up from my 45 years of life. I certainly give a shit. I want to help both myself and others, everyone. Anyway, what would Obers do? Hmm. So, my statement to this friend was that uh, my recommendation was to consider what let's say somebody else was having the problem what kind of advice would you offer and give that take it, that advice yourself you know we are oftentimes very terribly you know hard on ourselves and we've all got our demons and our shadow 
mentioned that before, I believe. Carl Jung, he talked about the shadow, which is that deep, dark recesses, or maybe not so hidden, maybe not something that's so obscure. It's, it's the other side of the coin. Heads and tails, yin and yang. Dark and light, good and bad. Winner and loser. We've all got that shadow. We've all got the flip side where we're inconfident and we are uh, insecure and we are stupid and, and exercise poor judgment and fail and you know it's important that side that that side exists and I think it's the whole purpose of Carl Jung philosophizing on this is that we would acknowledge the 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 other side of the coin and we need to do that in order to succeed in life in order to uh, regard ourselves as human as and as flawed and 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 just acknowledge our failures as well as our successes you know just like that anxiety or that depression might be something that would that the emotions that we would feel not clinical anxiety or depression but the emotions that we would feel that they are whether they're good or bad they're useful and we have to listen to those things we can't just listen to the good feedback right we have to acknowledge that Sometimes we're fucked up and we do stupid shit or we make mistakes, but we can't, we can't replay that tape in our mind every single day. When we get up, it's like regrets from, you know, 1995 when I'm on Mediterranean float and my fiance that like a dumbass I proposed to a basically a teen another teenager at the friggin prom yeah that's right you know it's one of my part of my shadow is that I whatever man it's not doesn't it's not unique to me young love you know and I floated around the Mediterranean and I all that that kept me going and motivated most was my family back home and my sweetheart who I was gonna marry when we got back and we were gonna live happily ever after I was gonna be a career United States Marine and I was on a decent track to do that but we couldn't hold it together our relationship fell apart then I fell apart I started drinking, started not caring started wanting to be mean to people because someone had hurt me you know and I had to get that, I did that for a while I had to get it out of my system and I'm fortunate to have righted my ship and, and and been good enough of an individual that other people started to take notice like hey you know, you know this Aaron guy's pretty good dude doing his best and I kept at it I had times when people didn't believe you know when I didn't believe in myself but the people around me my fellow Marines they thought very highly of me you know this opportunity I talked about in the past to get promoted and it required getting I could just kept my nose clean and been made some rank before I got out. Or they could they kept putting me up there. Oberst, put Oberst up there. I had to stand in front of a you know, board of my superiors and do all these it's called a dog and pony shows, basically dress for success and answer all their questions and show them that I knew my shit and run and shoot and 
do all these things and they just felt like you were out there naked, you know, like they were just putting you under scrutiny. And several times I failed in these boards. They put me up again and again. Like, Oberst is our best guy. He's who we want, you know, for this opportunity. And there were times when I was like, fuck it, I'm done with this. I'm tired of playing these games. But I stuck it out there for them, and I ultimately got promoted and had a really freaking high point in my life. Fell in love again, you know. And repeat, this is fucking life, you know. Then I had some bad days, and I had some good days, and I had... This is life, and we, we... Nothing else, you learn from your experiences, and you realize that we are all human beings, we're all... We have our challenges, and damn it, we need to remember that. We need to stick together. We need to be sensitive to other people. I was talking to my friend this evening, and she said, Oh, how are your children? What's your, what is your son, what are your kids like? And, you know, I bet your son is really... And I said, you know, Sam is a really good boy. He's sensitive. I was going to say that. He's really... I knew that he was like that. I knew it. Like, she's got a gut instinct. Um thinking about maybe my wife and I and the way that we would try to raise our kids and the attributes that we have that she values and she called, I called her, yeah, our kids are really good, you're doing really well and, you know, great to see you and same goes for her. I could watch uh, tell stories about her and her kids and uh, the issues that they had in the past and now how good they're doing and, you know, everybody's okay. You gotta believe in yourself, and you gotta take care of one another, and you have to give yourself a chance. Most of all, we need to give ourselves a chance, a second chance, a third chance. You know, believe that we can change, and that everything's gonna be okay, and that we're gonna do our best, and we're gonna put good things out into the world, and hope that they come back to us. I mean, that's that's basically the way that I try to live my life. Um, the golden rule, you know, treat others as you would be treated. Yeah. I'll be damned it works for the most part. Now, I talk to you Wednesday at close of business. Who knows? Maybe I'll be mad at the world and be disgruntled because whatever. <clears throat> Sometimes we have we're, the wisdom that we can have and share is very clear. And other times, we're completely blind to anything that's good. And that's what I'm saying. There was a, my friend that I was talking to over the weekend. just having a tough time. And really trying to negotiate these obstacles. And it's during those times when there's somebody you love, care about, and you're confident in their abilities that you tell them, Motherfucker, we can get through this. We can do it. It's going to be okay. You're an awesome person. Fall down twice, get up thrice. You know, whatever wisdom you can share. What advice would you give yourself? Or would you give somebody else? I've talked about all these things before. But seriously, sometimes we beat ourselves up to the point where if you, if you keep talking like that, if you regard yourself like that, like you think every day is going to be a bad day and it's always going to rain and you're always complaining about shit, if you watch the news, you know, 
you'd think that the fucking world is falling down around us, and maybe it is. But you never know. If you just believe in yourself and you turn off the fucking negative Nancys, you turn off the bad news, you turn off the immediate gratification, you turn off all these things that have been become, become part of our, the fabric of our society, your favorite politician or your least favorite or your least favorite co-worker or your, you know, whatever. Just shut the fuck up, man. Think positive. Like, fake it till you make it, man. That's one of the, the main lessons that, that I've been talking about for years. Just fake it till you make it. Try to get through that day. If you think that there's nothing to live for or there's nothing to be happy about, just just try to find the small something small and start there. A little, a little kid playing joyously, you know, running around. Um, kids hopping off of and, and onto... School buses, uh, you know, the smile at the end of the day that your your family, your who the fuck is this? So we somebody fucking. Uh, I mean, no offense, but get your little fucking dog out away from my front fucking yard. Jesus Christ, I can't even cut a podcast here. And there's another lesson here. I'm gonna tell you about it. Um. In closing, hey, listen, just be positive, all right? My blood type is fucking be positive, my friend. That's my message to you. Um, stay motivated. Fake it till you fucking make it. I want to tell you this story real quick. Uh, last uh, weekend, we took a little walk down on my creek, favorite spot in the creek. And as we were leaving after the dog swam for a little bit and we hung out for a little bit, and I was surprised my wife and daughter hung out there with me and uh, they tolerated my penchant for nature and I took a swim after dark and or it was getting dark and we walked back down the road and there wasn't a whole lot of no traffic on this road by the creek and um, it was dark and somebody's firing off fireworks like a fucking butt nugget in the distance. And so the dog is scampering away. She's frightened. And now my wife is chasing her down the road at a, at a brisk pace. And I'm talking with my daughter. I, I grab her hand and ask her, you know, did she have a good time? And how's she doing? And just tried to have a moment with her. And somebody turned on their cell phone to light the way. Just like this woman was walking her dogs, little shit-eater dogs. That's what I call the little dogs. I love all God's creatures, but little dogs sometimes annoy me. I like bigger, medium-sized dogs, working dogs, you know what I mean? I think it's cruel for some of these little yappers to be running around all the time, biting at ankles and making so much friggin' noise, but love them too. Anyway, you put on a light. You gotta, you gotta make sure that you you conserve your night vision. So what's interesting is that when you're walking down a dark road or a dark trail and your mind starts to play tricks on you, what's happened there is that your primary sense is vision. So when it has taken is is taken away from you, your vision. 
like on a dark night. You start feeling things. You start picking up on some of those ancient uh, senses like hearing and, you know, um, your tactile senses that the wind blows by or the rustle of leaves or the, the graze of a small branch against you. You feel these things. You smell things. You hear things that are happening in the woods or down by the creek and you get spooked. And this is a sort of shit that... Uh, horror stories are made of, you know, because you get somebody running, uh, in the dark and they've, they put on their flashlight and their flashlight's bumping all around and looks chaotic, but they're lighting the path in front of them. However, everything that is unilluminated, everything that is not illuminated by that flashlight is fear. And so I would tell people that my preference is to not light the path, especially if you got a little bit of illum, illumination, like the stars or the moon. If you got a little bit of light just in the universe, you're better off just using that to navigate your step, your path, than to turn on a uh, cell phone light or a flashlight, or a mag light, or whatever the fuck you got. You're better off becoming one with the universe, and just using your senses, really tapping into your senses, because the moment that you illuminate your path with an artificial light, you're fucking yourself over. You're taking away your sense of, your primary sense of vision, you might be you might think that you're being safe and you're being doing the right thing in in illuminating your path but you're also creating a signature that ever all other creatures can see so if jason jason from friday the 13th or friggin freddy krueger you got the body and i got the brains from nightmare on elm street maybe he's lurking nearby or the enemy, maybe your shadow, <coughs> right? You are you are creating a shadow when you when you flash that light out there. Everything around you is shadow. So fuck that. Don't try to light your way artificially. Try to tap into your own powers to illuminate the path. Try to tap into your spidey senses, your three S's and two T's, sight, sound, smell, taste, touch. Rely upon these senses that you normally don't because we're so plugged into fucking USB ports and laptops and computers and shit. We think that that's the way you need to light the path when the, the best option is the most primitive, the oldest, the most anatomically correct option. Feel your way, slow your path, use your senses to navigate. You understand that? In other words, believe in yourself. You can do it. Try this. I mean, it's it's an excellent way. I'm looking through my, my community here, and it's not extremely well lit with streetlights and shit. But there's some 
house lamps and shit like that. Solar lights lighting the trees and the the um, landscape. But otherwise, it's quite dark. Walk by yourself. Walk with your friend. Take your dog. And just try not to walk around with a friggin' artificial light. Just feel your way. You'll see. You'll see the sidewalk, the cracks in the sidewalk, and the and the cars, and the houses, and the shapes of things. And you become familiar, and you'll feel your way down that path. You'll feel your way down the path. You'll illuminate it in a different way. So, at the end of a good day, when I see the stars popping out, and I'm hungry as shit, and I want to go embrace my family and get a good night's sleep, that's my message. Feel your way. Tap into your power, your innate ability to navigate through life, down the path. You might bust your ass. I'm going to be honest with you. There are times we'd be out there on, on night missions. We always, one thing about being in the military and being a grunt, that's when. That's when you're coming. That's when the bad guys are coming. You go on these missions after dark, or you do it really early in the morning because most people, physiologically, they're just asleep at that time. That's when they want to be friggin', uh, you know, uh, shooting out Z's, snoring and shit. That's when the enemy is coming. Last couple hours before dawn, or in the middle of the night. And so, so as to get the element of surprise, you have to be comfortable out there. And there's many times where someone has poked themselves in the eye with a stick or fallen down a fucking hill or gotten stuck in a mud pit or stepped in a, a straddle trench, which is uh, where you take a dump, um, hit somebody in the head inadvertently with a rifle muzzle, you know, all kinds of crazy shit happens after dark, but, um, Usually you're just fine, you know. You can perceive those obstacles out there, and it's a really cool feeling. You almost feel like a ninja. You're like feeling your way like a ninja. Think about it a way ninjas are depicted as moving. They're very, very careful, very soft, and very calculated, you know. And they are, they are exactly where you don't expect them to be. They're clandestine. They are... Um, shadows. Hmm? So quite a bit of information on the shadows right now. I'm getting hypoglycemic. I want you all to uh, be careful should you go out there. But I, I recommend you do it. And if you tell anybody I told you to do it, I'll fucking deny it. You understand that? Stay motivated. Have a great Tuesday. Huh!